Hi, I'm Trevor Dumbleton and today I'm going to talk about successful internet marketing strategy. And some internet marketing strategies are evergreen, others sort of ebb and flow. And for instance, written content has been around a lot, lot longer than the internet and it's unlikely to fade. Sure, the medium it's delivered in might change. We're no longer painting hieroglyphics onto walls or chipping stuff into stone tablets, but we still like to read things. And there's other internet marketing strategies that are now available that would have been written off as science fiction dreams just a few years ago. Um, personalised adverts, the things that follow you around retargeting spring to mind on this one. So, which internet marketing strategies are currently the most successful and which are the ones you should be looking at? I'm going to start with written content because yeah, written content still rules the web. But to an extent, and not totally, the way it's delivered has changed. If you look at any set of search results, and most of the time you'll see videos mixed in with regular web pages. And for some searches you might come across PDFs and other document files. With a lot of the videos that show up high in the search results, and this is more so on Google than YouTube, which has its own way of doing things and places value on views and viewing duration, as well as the more obvious on-page factors, a lot of the videos that show up high on the search results will have written content below them in the description. And essentially that means that Google is still serving up written content. And for most search results the ratio is around about 89% written, 10-20% video. Obviously if you search for a popular song most of it's going to be videos, but most of the time if there's any videos on the front page and there aren't always, it'll only be one or two. And given the massive amount of data that Google has at their fingertips, that should tell you a lot about which strategy they think most of their searches want written. But it should also tell you that the variety of written content has increased, which is why I often turn my blog posts into videos, which I'm doing at the moment, audios and documents for document sharing sites like Docstock and Script. And sometimes I'll expand the post into complete products. I did that recently. I wrote a post about creating a product review site that was just over 800 words long and had a good reaction. So I then went into much more depth and created a 29-page PDF report that's available from my website. I could also have placed that report onto a document sharing site or turned it into a Kindle book. And when I wrote this post, I, there's an idea, and I actually went off from writing the post and did it. And at the time of recording, it's waiting for Kindle to approve the book. And once that's done, I'll add it to Create Space as well for those who prefer printed versions. And that's an example of how you should adapt your internet marketing strategies. Within every single section, there are niches and usually sub-niches and sub-niches of those sub-niches. For the written word, that includes blog posts, reports, which can be downloadable from your site, shared on document sites, elsewhere, Kindle and printed books, guest posts, forum posting, video descriptions. If you do it on Kindle, you've got a Kindle description. All sorts of places. Next strategy, videos and audios. And I've included these together because I think they often go hand in hand. You can extract the audio track from videos you create using software, free software like VLC, and that's exactly what I'll do with this. So if you're listening to this, that's what I already, I've already done. And unless your video is constantly referring to what's being shown on screen, the audio can be placed on a podcast site so that people can listen to it instead. Their preference. Videos will often show up in the search result. Audio, a lot less often can't remember the last time I actually found an audio in the search result, but they're probably there somewhere. But that doesn't mean people aren't listening to audios, it simply means they're searching for them in places which do a better job of indexing than, than Google does. And that includes places like iTunes and podcast sites, which pretty much bypass Google altogether in the same way that 
if you went to YouTube to search for a video, you're bypassing Google. Uh, video creation itself can be as simple or as complicated as you want to make it. If you want to go Hollywood, you can. My preference is simple. <laughs> that way the message isn't obscured by fancy tricks or other things on screen. Most of my videos are created as PowerPoint style presentations, either using LibreOffice, which is a free office program suite that personally I've found to be more reliable than its cousin OpenOffice, or with liberal use of page breaks in a Word document, which is what I'm doing for this video, because all I did was copy and paste it, the whole page into a Word document, and then put page breaks in. Then it's simply a matter of loading up your favourite screen capture program and pressing record while you read out the document. No, it's probably not the most thrilling video to watch, but it gets views, and it's the kind of video you can kind of watch in the background, effectively just listening to it, so you're almost treating the video as a podcast. Also lends itself well, because of that, to being turned into a podcast. Content of the page it's uploaded on is uploaded as a caption file. So again, it gives search engines words to index. Going back to that one. And the video and audio will have an extra written description to help search engines again in the indexing process which yet again means written content is still important for videos. Next thing I've suggested as a strategy is blowing your own trumpet. It's probably a British phrase, I don't know how well it's used elsewhere in the world, but it means basically boast and brag about yourself. And it used to be frowned and wasn't something you really expected to do, but to an extent that's still true. You wouldn't boast and brag at a dinner party for instance, but on the web it's almost expected of you. For instance, Facebook encourages you to post things on your wall, Twitter encourages you to let the world know what you're doing in 140 characters or less, Pinterest likes you to put images and videos on your board, and the list goes on. You've only got to look at the share buttons that are below almost every page on the web, and you'll see the diversity of places that you can tell whoever cares to listen what you've just done, and, well, you put it there even if they don't care to listen. Personally, I've not got enough followers on Twitter at the moment or elsewhere to make a noticeable difference to the traffic my website receives when I tweet a new post. Maybe one day I'll change, maybe not. I'm slowly picking up Twitter followers. But regardless of whether or not it makes a direct impact on my website traffic, I still do it. And you should too. Tweeting or Facebook or whatever else, whichever takes your fancy really. Because your social media presence is one of the signals that Google uses to decide where to put your site in the search results. Um, on my blog I'm experimenting with using Outbrain. It chooses similar posts and suggests them at the end, a bit like YouTube will put related videos on the side. And it's encouraging people to explore more of my website. Outbrain doesn't really count as social media, but it's another way of getting more traffic on your website. And there's also a paid advertising option that's kind of on my to explore list. It's easy to get bogged down with social media, there's just far too many places that you could use and personally I suggest you pick a few sites that you get on with and use those on a regular basis rather than scattergun or posting everywhere for an hour or two or whatever after you've made a post. Other people disagree with that and they think you should post to as many social media sites as possible, often using software to help. Not my preferred strategy, I, pre I kind of think a less is more approach works better but other people get success from it, so again experiment if that appeals to you and investigate something like OnlyWire which is long established and does at least some of the job for you once you've set up all the accounts in it. The other really important thing is to diversify your internet marketing strategies and one thing that should have become very apparent during the course of this video is that diversity is the common denominator of all the different internet marketing strategies I've examined. 
it's the same as almost anywhere else in the world. Our potential choices are widening and getting ever wider. For instance, your favourite most visited website probably won't be the same as mine or the next person who watches this. It's happened a lot with television, radio and music, they're all going their various ways and audiences are generally decreasing as that diversity spreads. The web's going the same way, but as the web does, it's going even faster than traditional media's done. Um, it's probably not totally correct, actually, thinking about it. The web is showing classic 80-20 behaviour, except it's more pronounced than... Almost everyone will use a handful of big, well-known sites, Google being maybe YouTube, Facebook, Amazon, that kind of thing. So there's maybe 95% or even more of internet users will use maybe a fraction of a percent of the potential websites. But it's the flip side of that equation that we need to pay attention to with our internet marketing. Because the remaining 99.999 recurring probably percent of websites are spread out over all across the web. But, well, for instance, I use YouTube for most of my videos, but I also host some of them on my own website and put a few in places like Vimeo. My document shares tend to go on either Docstock or Script, depending on what mood I'm in, but they could equally go on lots of other document sharing sites. And each of those sites has their own loyal user base, and they quite often don't go elsewhere. And with documents, providing they're long enough, they could easily end up on Kindle and ebook sharing sites. Kindle Books, as long as you don't sign up for the exclusivity with Amazon, can be distributed elsewhere with services like Smashwords, and they can be printed on demand with CreateSpace and other printed self-publishing sites. Lulu is one I remember, not used it for ages. Images can be shared on t-shirts and other media. The list just goes on and on and on. And at least part of your strategy, I think, should be to become a relatively big fish in one or more of these relatively small ponds. Your aim should be to become well-known in your niche. And it doesn't matter that almost none of the pilots heard of you, providing most of the people in your chosen niche knows your name or your brand, and that's the same for any market. For instance, I know several cyclists, but they're each in a different niche within the market. One's leisure, urban racing, mountain biking, and that particular mountain biking, they cross over between man-made courses, sometimes indoor courses, and sometimes on trails. Others will just do purely downhill. And then I know other people who follow events like the Tour de France. And each of them use different websites, they buy different accessories, they've got different people they follow and they probably regard the other options as almost alien or not really real cycling. And that goes for any niche. The more you drill down, the more you'll find that. Cameras, yeah, instant or SLR or film or whatever else. And that means that part of your strategy needs to be finding and getting involved with the various places your niche inhabits outside of the actual niche. Obviously, direct places such as the specialist sites, there'll be mountain bike sites, trail sites and all that kind of but they're also indirect places where they're likely to go. For instance, cyclists are likely to be conscious of their diet. They're also likely to take photographs, maybe with SLR cameras, maybe with devices that fit on their helmet, maybe with their phone for impromptu photos and videos, and even more likely, all of those. If you can find that kind of site where similar niches cross over, you may have struck gold, and photography would be almost any outdoor pursuit. So that means at least part of your internet marketing strategy should be keeping an open mind and expanding your horizons. 80-20, that kind of split is good. Spend most of your time on the tried and tested methods that you've been using, adjusting them as you go, but also spend some of your time exploring new methods or twists on old methods. 
and devising your own internet marketing blueprint can be a good way to crystallise those thoughts and help you turn them into reality. If you'd like help with that or anything else, click the link below this video or audio, whichever it is, depending on where you're watching or listening to it, and contact me. I'd be more than happy to give you a hand. So thanks for taking the time to spend with me today and look forward to helping you in the future.